what the real deal now. Ooh. Gonna kick this sorry ass out on the street. Welcome to the Lord and Western Podcast. My name is Robert Fuller, and we turn to the show is Bill Bingo. Bill, welcome back. Thank you, Robert. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And we are continuing okay. our series of 10 years of Money in the Bank, and we are talking about the Money in the Bank matches at Money at the pay-per-view in 2013. Um, so at this point, you know, um, Money in the Bank has been well established. What are your opinions of it being going from a WrestleMania match to having its own pay-per-view? Um, well, it kind of hit and miss. Um, I think this was the point where it, it kind of started to lose me. It almost becomes, uh, too much of a muchness where they're trying to do. I think the fact that they're trying to do two money, in the bank matches for two different titles, uh, ends up diluting it just a little bit. I do like building, uh, I mean, if they're going to build pay-per-views around these specific gimmick matches, then I mean, you may as well do one for, uh, money in the bank, but it almost felt like too much at this point. And if I think it's pretty telling that the next year, 2014, there is just the one money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yes. Um, so pretty much the last few years, the uh, SmackDown the World Heavyweight Championship first has come on first, but we're going to change it a bit and talk about the uh, what is called the War All Stars match, which was actually the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so the competitors of this one were uh, our turning. Rob Van Dam, Seamus, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Christian, and uh, Wendy Olsen. So, mm-hmm. um, I have six guys in this one, like uh, the Westman Train 2 match that we talked about earlier. Because um, it's all stars, it's hard to say. Would you think that would be the, probably the right decision to do? Yeah. It, well, there, yeah, there were a lot of different options here. Um, it, it's, again, a situation where. Everybody, anybody could have potentially won. Well, except maybe I don't think Christian could have won. Yeah. But I think anybody else could have conceivably been a winner. I think the crowd would have been happy with probably Daniel Bryan, uh, probably CM Punk. Uh, I think there there was a real feeling of dread coming into this. I was definitely watching a lot around this time. There was a real feeling that everybody wants Daniel Bryan to win, but it felt like. Randy Orton was going to win. Right. It, it felt like it was one of those uh, uh, one of those situations. There was a real almost dread about it, which is pretty much that's pretty much what 2013 was. Everybody gets their hopes up, and then Randy Orton wins. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's that <laughs> WWE do seem to do that a lot. They do seem to uh, like you know have mm-hmm. have something that you feel and then to go. Oh no, 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 we 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 don't want that. We want something else instead. And, right. Sometimes that can be a bit annoying. Um, right. I can't remember. I cannot for the life of me remember who predicted to win this match. Uh, I'll just check it out now. Um, I picked... Oh, I picked Danny Bryan to win this. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. I don't think that happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, so, he and he and Orton were coming off of a feud at the time. That was yeah. kind of a feud, but mostly just a we're going to have a lot of matches together, and there never really felt like a big rhyme or reason behind it. Yeah, that's true. They were just kind of throwing the two of the two of them at each other, almost just to give them something to do. And it seemed like this was meant to be that was meant to be the feud that built up Daniel Bryan into a bigger deal, and so this would almost seem like a capstone to that. And it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of yes and no in a way. So the uh, match starts with uh, Vince Owens is looking at RVD, and I get, <laughs> and I know that RVD is a face, but it does seem a bit obnoxious because he seems to want to do his RVD chant at every opportunity. Um, so he starts doing that, and everyone starts beating him up. Um, he goes out the wing, and then they all start to beat him up, Sheamus, because he's like the biggest guy in the group. Yeah, it, it's weird because they they put this over as oh they're trying to get rid of the top two threats. Yeah, and it's like. Daniel Bryan's won Money in the Bank. CM Punk's won Money in the Bank twice yeah. uh, by this point. Orton has been the champion 11 billion times. So which guy are we going to get rid of? Oh, RVD, who hasn't wrestled for WWE in two or three years. And then Sheamus. Yeah. Why? <laughs> That's true. Uh, I didn't mind that because I think Sheamus was um, a face at the time. And yeah. We've we talked about how I'm not, I'm not a Cena fan. But I hated Sheamus as a heel. He, he was worse than what Cena was doing. Every, everybody, I think everybody in this match was actually a face at the time. Um, yeah, I think that's true. Cause, uh, uh, which, in contrast to the SmackDown match, which we'll talk about. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I think Christian might have been a heel then, but um, I know he's going for, I can't remember his days of the year before. He's going through his, like, uh, he wanted, like one more match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And yeah. It never happened. I, I couldn't. I couldn't have told you. I couldn't tell you one thing that Christian did in 2013. No, I was I legitimately either. surprised to see him in this match. <laughs> that is true. Um, so with the four remaining competitors, you get Brian Orton playing one corner and Orton Christian in the other. Um, Orton and Christian get thrown out, and that leaves Punk and Brian. And I like that. I like that bit because it kind of shed shades to because they faced each other for the WWE Championship the year before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it does seem there's to a, like there's a lot of. A lot of crossover in this match. A lot of a lot of these guys have feuded with each other, which makes it interesting. You've, you know, Sheamus and Christian feuded. Uh, Orton Christian feuded. Orton and Brian feuded. Sheamus and Brian feuded. There's a lot of that happen, and also RVD is there. Yeah. But there's a lot of crossover here. A lot of history in it. Yeah. Which is neat. <laughs> it is very much. Um, so they start um, kicking each other for having a bit of like a mini match uh, there. Um, mm-hmm. Sheamus ends the match by throwing a ladder at them. And then he hits um, Christian with the ladder as well, and then Orton drop kicks it. Um, already hits an aerial kick on Orton, and then beats up everyone, uh, including doing a multi flip on Christian as well. Um, Christian does go for the kill switch, um, slight problem. It takes, I don't know why, it takes him like an hour to set it up. <laughs> Always. Yeah. So obviously that doesn't happen, and he gets press slammed onto the ladder. And then um, he kicks. Brian onto the ladder does rolling thumbs up on him. Gets you still got it, Chance. Yeah, because that's true. He, he can still do that one move that he does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, uh, I'm not a big RVD fan, if you can't tell. I don't know. I mean, I don't. RVD is weird to me. I, mean, I do. I don't doubt his ability, but it doesn't seem to have changed much. That's probably yeah, exactly, biggest, exactly. It's people's biggest problem with him. Is it's not He's changed. been wrestling the same match for. 15 years, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, already goes for the five-dog box back, but Christian uh, pushes him off of a ladder instead. 
And then um, he hits Autumn with a ladder and then climbs up another one and Shane stops him. Um, Shane starts to climb up and then Christian climbs over him. Um, and that's really nice, nice kind of back and forth here. Shane tried to go for this, the um, Celtic cross but fails. Shane um, tries to send a ladder into Seamus, uh, but he stops it and then punches. I really think he kind of pushes pushes his arm through like the ladder rungs and punches Christian. That's great. I love that bit. It's really nice. It's a, it's a great bit because it's so much of this pay per view as we'll talk about later is built around these weird, complicated spots, and just the SmackDown one, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is just loaded with them. But just punch between the ladder rungs. It it's so simple and so great. Yeah, is this this by the way? I think is when Christian gets a really tiny ladder. Yeah, I think he gets it a bit <laughs> later on, yeah. And and I'm why? That that's another thing that I'm talking about. You just yeah. it, it seems like, oh, that's interesting until you think about it for longer than five seconds and you go, Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well um I always, I always find them weird out the small ladders, uh, like <laughs> round the arena but um uh, I remember coming to the two thousand eleven match in the in the war one, um, dog come in with ladders. And mm-hmm. all of truth comes up, but he, he said beforehand that he's afraid of heights. Yeah. So he gets the smallest ladder possible. Mm-hmm. Which was really funny. <laughs> so this bit, um, Chamber starts to climb up the ladder, but uh, RVD tapples it, and it did look really bad because I don't think Seamus planned to land that way. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but Seamus hits RVD with water sent on, onto a ladder. And then, um, all Seamus does, he kind of wedges the ladder between the Spanish and Al's table and the ring. Mm-hmm. And he tried to powerbomb Brian for it, because he's done it before. He powerbombed um, right. uh, Sin Cara version 1, as I call him, uh, a couple of years, mm-hmm. couple of years beforehand. Right. Um, but, but, but Brian managed to wriggle out of it, uh, pushes Seamus to the floor, and then hits a wooden knee from the apron and just pretty much like kills Seamus with that move. Oh, it's, it's so great. It's so great. That spot, Daniel Bryan is... This this should have been, I think it kind of was. I think if we look back on it, this will be one of the matches that made him yes. a big deal because it leads into SummerSlam, which yeah we'll probably talk about as well. Uh, but he, Brian is just absolutely on point in this match, and that's a great example of it. That yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Um, so that's, at this point, uh, Punk starts to climb up, but Alden pulls him off. Uh, <laughs> then Alden climbs up, and then he stopped by Christian. Uh, there's there's a lot of that in this match. A lot of yeah. guy tries to climb, guy pulls him off. That guy tries to climb, another guy pulls him off. There's a lot of that in this match. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a bit now where Brian sets on another ladder and basically it's all climb up two ladders and fight over the briefcase. So the briefcase like it's like flaying in the wild and they're trying to reach it. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, gravity wins and they have to all fall down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, Seamus knocks off Punk of the ladder and and then does the Tarby D and then hits two Irish curse backbreakers, first on Brian and then Alton. And pretty much Seamus is dominant for the first next minutes here because he hits mm-hmm. right nose and Christian and then um tries to kill RVD with a road kick. Yep. And he he, uh, he catches him too, which was which is great. One of the nice things about it is because they work so long on guy tries to climb, other guy yanks him off, that when RVD comes in, you think, oh, this is going to be the same spot, but Seamus catches him, sees yeah. him, broke kick. Yeah. So it it works. Yeah, that's true. I, mean, I, really, I, mean, I quite like the broke kick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just quite a good move. Um, 
Seamus O'Brien climb up and claim uh, uh, punches. And then Seamus does a bit where you know, he has someone over the ropes and then does like the 10 forearms to the chest. It does, <laughs> yeah, it does something like that, but um, it honestly Brian's on the um, ladder instead. Um, and then um, Punk pushed, pulls Seamus off the ladder and they fight in the corner. Um, Punk hits a one and a high knee to Seamus and then pushes the ladder uh, and Seamus to the mat. Uh, he kind of flips over the top of it. Yeah. And rides it down. Yeah. And then um, Orton attacks Punk and then it's probably one of the Gruesome moves of the night. Um, a T bone suplexes him onto a ladder, and that must Oof. hurt. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm glad. I did. Punk bowed after that uh, ride the ladder down move. I, I was glad to see him T bone suplex into a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Go to hell, CM Punk. Yeah. Um, and then Orton hit a hanger DDT on Punk as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian and then Spears, Orton and then Brian, and then he climbs up for already using the ladder to knock him off. And then, uh, but Christian doesn't take that well. Uh, so he starts, um, stopping at RVD and then he climbs up. And then RVD follow and then the, um, the ladder topples. But earlier on, Christian pulled up a ladder in the corner. Um, RVD manages to, uh, go from the ladder that's toppling to that ladder in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then he does, I, um, Michael Coast is a five dollar stock smash, but I don't think he actually did no, it. No, it wasn't. No, yeah, it, it was it was the same spot as the other match. It was just the the snooker splash. Yeah, so he does a yeah, yeah. does a splash on Christian off the ladder. Yeah. And the crowd at this point is chanting, "We want tables." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just why? <laughs> yeah, it's not a TLC match. <laughs> it's it's just it's just there's stuff flying everywhere. Who looks at that? And goes, we want ta- oh, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. This crowd this crowd irritated me because they they alternated between. Utter complete silence and nonsense chants that don't make any sense. That's true. I mean, I don't, it, I don't know where this where did this show take place? Oh, Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, what a Philadelphia. Yeah. So, Philadelphia. Yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> so I know the I know the, the trial there can be a bit uh, passionate yeah. and at some point and maybe not in others. Yeah. Uh, that's why RVD was there, huh? That's true. <laughs> I didn't uh, make that. Yeah. Um, so RVD climbs up. And Seamus follows him to start, and then starts cleaning punches. And then Seamus falls off the ladder, but he topples it. And then um, Brian does um, kicks. He kind of alternates kicks between <laughs> Seamus and then RVD, which I loved. Oh, this whole the, the the next two minutes of this match, it's magical. <laughs> it I, 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 had, two minutes. I had completely forgotten that this that these next few things happen. Go, tell. Go ahead and talk about it. You've, you've got this all written down. Yeah, sure. Um, and then I'll, I'll talk. <laughs> say yeah, my sure. thoughts on it. That's all. Uh, pretty much, um, Brian hit Autumn with a ladder and then traps him in the corner with it. And then does a wooden drop kick onto the ladder. And then suicides Punk to the outside. And he crashes into like three ladders like stacked away by the um, the barricade. And then he does a double miss drop kick on Seamus and RBD. And then he hit Autumn with a ladder. And then he hits RBD. Um... Seamus goes on the top loop, which is weird because it's a bit weird seeing Seamus do aerial maneuvers. Right, but it's uh, all set up for the way it yeah, ends. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Brian hits him with the ladder, and he goes crashing through the ladder that was placed earlier between the announce table and the wing. Right. Um, and and then, then you get Brian with the look and the nod. Yes, I love because, that. Yeah, and it's just it's just a perfect setup 
two minutes worth of match. And it's, it's one of those things where you watch it and you realize that this guy is going to be a big deal. Oh, that's like, true. They, they can't stop this guy because it, it was one of the most immaculate, just head of steam spots that I've ever seen in these kind of matches. And I would not rank this as one of the, one of the better money in the bank matches, but that those couple minutes right there are just, it it's perfect. It works. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, what, one thing with Dan Ryan, I mean, I've, it wasn't until he became world heavyweight champion in 2010 mm-hmm. to 2011 that I became a fan because he was doing this very, like, very subtle heel turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some, some bizarre reason, Teddy Long was just pulling him in, like, title matches all the time. Right. And he was just finding, like, dubious ways to, um, get rid of it. You know, kind of get himself out of it and stuff like that. And I, I loved that. I mean, I hated the way it ended to the end of, like, right. 15 yeah, years. Yes. But, um, but I and, I hate the, and I hate the way this head of steam ends as well. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> for, for some reason, Curtis Axel comes in and. Curtis Axel comes out! Yeah. Why? <laughs> that, that, that was the thing that got me because he hits him with a chair. And when I watched, I was watching it earlier today, I'm like, why are you here? And then I. <laughs> And I remember that he was a he he just did his he just rebranded himself effectively. Yeah, and he, became he had a, just become the new Paul Heyman guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he became Intercontinental Champion. I think I paid back the month before and uh, all that stuff. And so I presume he was doing it to help uh, Punk. Uh, and he goes after Punk. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing that got me. I don't think he did because he yeah he's still with a chair. And Brian goes to the outside, and they hit a net break on Brian. So he's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of, he's just going to stand for a good minute. He's, he's, everyone else is like yeah. on the mat. Everyone's dead right. on the floor, effectively. Um, Punk hit Axel with a GTS. Right. And then Paul Heyman comes in and starts berating Axel. Like, mm-hmm. going, oh, no, why are, you, why are you doing this? Which I find funny because um, Axel's knocked out, so I don't think he'd be listening. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Um, I, I I do like the idea of Curtis Axel as this incompetent minion. Yeah, he, he's he's once they they kind of landed on that because as I recall, he had a few tag team matches on Raw, maybe even on pay per view, where he teamed with Punk. Yeah, and the build of it was Punk just can't even believe this guy. So it it, it almost works, but not to cut the legs off of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a bit weird. Uh, and then it has the most obvious ending ever after that here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think everyone saw this coming. Uh, Punk, like, very slowly starts to climb up the ladder. Um, Heyman goes, no, starts to torment him and then decides to uh, hit him twice with a ladder. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so knocking him off. And then Punk looks at Heyman and Heyman just clatters the ladder, busting him it- open. It's heartbreaking. It's 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 the only time I've ever felt bad for CM Punk. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he's got such a look of oh, they were friends. Another not. Another not. Already uh, starts to climb up, but also uh, pulls him over his RPO, and uh, then he climbs up, grabs the briefcase, and wins. And eventually, that's, eventually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and that times. And I think, and even though we check, I think that's the longest Money in the Bank match so far. It was just, it was just under 29 minutes. Yeah, it was almost a half, almost a half hour. Yeah. So, um, did you think it was a decision to let Orton win? <laughs> Man, 
I don't even know. It's one of those things where it turned out all right in the end. Yeah. But man, did we ever have to go through the next six months of booking to get there? Yeah. 2013 was an incredibly frustrating year because it was marked by really, really, really great performances, but really, really, really terrible match results. Yeah. There were so many like there were so many good things happening, but then the match results were just so status quo. And it wasn't until the next year when it really felt like they were at least making an effort to shake things up. Yeah. So I don't I honest I honestly don't know. It it had the right long term result, but man did it take forever to get there. And I honestly I mean is anybody really convinced that the plan at this point was for Daniel Bryan to win the World Heavyweight Championship at uh, at WrestleMania at this point? Because I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was. Remember correctly, I don't think that was ever going to be the plan until probably that like a yeah. month before WrestleMania because the, the fan momentum and Batista winning the Royal Rumble and so people thinking, People did not did not want to see Orton versus Batista, yeah. and they wanted, you know, it was pretty much that kind of thing. So, right. uh, so honest, honestly, I'll say this: I don't know who else wins this match. I I don't know if you can put Daniel Bryan in that position. Maybe have Daniel Bryan win Money in the Bank, yeah, and and have him cash in at WrestleMania. Maybe you do the same story that way. And have the same result. Honestly, I still don't. I still don't think Orton winning was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think it came. And I think more importantly, it came from the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean there. I mean, um, as I when I wrote the review for this, I I, I kind of mentioned that I don't think it needs a briefcase, but uh, it does. It does seem to be in the world of the last year, so it, it could be something to kind of revitalize him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, perhaps perhaps it, it kind of didn't did it, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um. Orton um, cashes in five weeks later at SummerSlam. Right. Um, and I, I really like this cash-in because uh, pretty much the story is that um, the day after Money in the Bank, uh, Brian Maddox, who is the war general manager, goes to see and he goes like, you can choose your challenger. And um, seeing that being like the Boy Scout, uh, chooses Daniel Bryan to be the number one contender. <laughs> that, that's a great Raw moment too because they've got everybody out on the stage. Yeah. And it's going to be Daniel Bryan picks his challenger. Everybody's on the stage. And then he announces Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan just emerges from this sea of Titus O'Neil's and Zack Ryder's. Yeah. Just, you don't even see him there. So it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great moment. Yeah. It doesn't help as well that like, Dan Bryan's quite a small guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he comes out and then they have, they have the match. Uh, Triple H, I can't remember why, but he ends up being the special guest referee. Um, <laughs> but it's very good because he did it a couple of years beforehand and you wouldn't think he was, he was he's doing what a normal ref would do. He's like, make sure he's fine, all that stuff. Um, Brian wins the match uh, with a one in the knee pretty much out of nowhere. Because um, he could he could do the yes lock, but don't forget. Oh, here's, here's why it was uh, because Brad Maddox, who was the Raw general manager, had set himself up as the guest referee, and then Triple H basically said no. Yeah, I so, agree with yeah, you. Tri- so the the entire the entire Daniel Bryan Triple H 
John Cena, Randy Orton saga hinges on Brad Maddox. Yeah, which is a bit weird. Um, so pretty much like, you know, it's, you know, Brian Wins, the confetti, and it looks like, okay, pay-per-view's over. Um, <laughs> and then Orton comes out, and it looks, everyone's like, oh, he's gonna, it looks like he's going to cash in. And then he starts walking back, so you think, okay, that's, you know, that's, the preview will probably end there. You know, just, Orton's mm-hmm. like coming out to say, look, I'm still here, I've got the briefcase, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then all of a sudden, Triple H turns heel, hits mm-hmm. Brian with a pedigree, um, Orton then comes in, um, cashes in, and all, and then, all he does is pretty much just cover him, and that's it. Um, yep. Orton is the champion for, I don't know how many times, I'm not really counting. Um, I think 135th time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's probably, mm, that and Warner's cashing are probably two favorite ones, because I love the way they kind of gave you a couple of like, false endings to the mm-hmm. preview before Triple H goes, surprise, bitch, and then Pelly Blue's playing. Yeah, it does, it does work, and especially in hindsight. Um, at the, I mean, at the time, Daniel Bryan causes weird things to happen in the brains of wrestling fans. And so at the time, I remember the reaction of that being very negative because it was just like, oh, Daniel Bryan screwed over. And no, Dan, they're putting Daniel Bryan back down the car, which almost seemed like the plan for a little while. But um, in hindsight, the cash in actually works just fine. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily know that the follow up works just fine, but the cash in itself you know, if you just if you kind of end there at that point and then pick up again at WrestleMania 30, you've got a good story. Yeah, it's just got a really crappy middle. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, with, with the feud, pretty much the finish of the champions, Brian wins, but Triple H um, chooses Scott Armstrong of cheating and puts that <laughs> in abeyance, and then they win it. I think they were, I think that's a hell of a sell. They have that. I think that, is that the one with Shawn Michaels? Guess Shawn right? Michaels kicks him, yes. Yeah, and they had the, he misses the super kick by, by about 50 feet. And the next day, they have a graphic that says, like, why Shawn, why? And they Photoshop his leg. I don't know if you've seen this graphic. And so Shawn Michaels looks like Mr. Fantastic with a long, stretchy leg, kicking Daniel Bryan from about 10 feet away. Oh, God. I'll, I'll have to track this down, but yeah. That's true. But yeah, so and then then pretty much um but you know, to get Brian he does get his um he does get his WWE championship but by that time they already merged the titles already merged and mm-hmm. he becomes uh the champion of WrestleMania thirty. So, you know, it does kinda of come in. Eventually. Uh, it, it takes it gets there. Yeah. Um so we now go to the first match of the event, which was the not money in the bank ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Ah, the the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match where everyone's a bad guy. Yes, uh, pretty much the <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, that's true. They're all bad guys. Uh, yeah, that that was actually one of the reasons. That was actually the reason why I picked this one is because this was the one where oh, everybody's a baddie. What do you know? Yeah, uh, pretty much the competitors for this. Uh, I want to interesting as well is that you've got two tag teams in this as well. So you've got uh, Wade Barrett, Cesario, and Jack Swagger, who at the time were the Real Americans with Seth mm-hmm. Rollins. Uh, Cody was Damian Sandow, who was Scholars. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose, who was the current United States champion. And, and it's still on the shield. Yes, um, and then uh, Fandango, who was just on the way. Fandango. Uh, so, um, quite an interesting choice of players. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no tremendously obvious winner out of the, out of this bunch. I think 
it, it was one of those situations where obviously somebody's going to come up for that, come out of this, and somebody will hopefully become a big deal. Uh, I think a lot of people would have picked Wade Barrett to win because everybody sort of assumes that Wade Barrett is going to eventually break out of the pack. I don't think he is at this point. <laughs> no, I mean, um, <laughs> we've I think, been, we've been waiting four or five years for it and it's just not happening. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I don't, I think when I was about this, I predicted Cesaro to win. Um, Cesaro, yeah, was another one who seemed like he was due for a banner year. Yeah, pretty much. I think out of the competitors, I thought either Barrett, Cesaro, or Rose will win. I thought, I thought it was a bit too soon for Ambrose. Um, at the time, I didn't think the others could win. Right. Um, my, my surprise at the end of this match. Right. Uh, <laughs> this so, was one of the weirdest match results out of all of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but actually, this is probably my... This is actually... I'm, I really like this one because this is the first one I actually watched live. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, probably the ones I've ever watched a couple of days behind or watched on DVD. Um, I thought, and luckily, when it came off, I thought, I, I, I watched the first match and then I go to bed. And I loved it. Um, pretty much. Okay, so the match starts with him with the usual all brawling. Um, yeah. And then Cesaro and Swagger left in the wing. They drive a ladder and then they hit Bandango with it. Mm-hmm. And then Rose and Sandow come in and they uh, start brawling with each other. Um, that really made me want a. Maybe they'll do that this year. That really made me want a tag team money in the bank. Um, yeah. Seeing. Yeah, Road Scholar and uh, Real American square off like that was just it, it. It's an interesting dynamic. I wish they'd gone all out with that dynamic, and I don't know if you could even find more than two tag teams in 2013. But I don't know. Maybe throw the Usos in there. That's true. Um, <laughs> so we get um, Cesaro pretty much hits a gut wrist suplex on Rose, pulling him to the ladder, <laughs> and then Swagger throws Sandow onto that same ladder as well. And the uh, commentary, by the way, is so bad in this match. I just want to call special attention to it. <laughs> I don't know. I just ignored it. I mean, except, except for one line with JBL at the end, I, tend, I just pretty much ignored it. Yeah, JBL, there, there's something about Betsy Ross and her culinary cul- culinary habits comes up at this point, and I don't know. I don't how has the how has this uh, been the uh, same bro- the same broadcast team for this long? I can't figure it out. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, um, I think now in the minute because I've not really watched that much current stuff. I've got a guy called Tom Phillips for SmackDown. He's pretty good. He did NXT beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if the, I'm not sure if he's going to go like up and start doing pay per views and all that stuff. But um, we shall see. Um, so we get to the point where um, Solo Tracker tried to hit Rose with a ladder, but they fail, and Rose is a disaster kick on Zaro. Mm-hmm. Um, Swagger is the first one to start to climb up, and then um, Ambrose pulls him up, pushes him the ladder, and then he throws Swagger out. Yep. Um, Ambrose and Barrett have a brief feud, and Ambrose gets a big boot. <laughs> and then uh, Barrett hits Cesaro, and then Swagger with a ladder. And then um, and then when he tries to hit, Fandango gets punched in the face instead. And then Fandango does a beautiful, but it must have hurt, um, a springboard <laughs> left drop um, yeah. onto the ladder. Well, the bar was underneath the ladder, but it was like ladder onto the bar. Right, exactly. Uh, and it, it, it looked like it hurt. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's hurting much as him, because I think he was still doing his uh, top rope left drop. 
at right. the time, which I think is the same move to do. Right. Yeah, it, it, it hurts me watching it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, pretty much, Fandango climbs up, and Standall stops him and sends his head first into a ladder, and then he suplexes Fandango onto another ladder. Um, the, crowd, the crowd is dead, by the way. This yeah, is that's true. They're just completely not into it, probably because everybody's evil. I don't know. That's true. It is. is <laughs> um, I think it's just someone like I think someone like Chicago might be a bit different because you know Chicago would probably like cheer someone like Cesaro. You know, someone you no know, West yeah. would appreciate something like Cesaro or maybe like Cody Rhodes. The, they're they're kind of into the real Americans a little bit. There's some We the People chants going. They're sort yeah. of into uh, Cody Rhodes, who Cody Rhodes sort of ends up being the the baby the baby face in the match almost by default. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, but yeah, the cr- the crowd for the most of this is is dead. So yeah, yeah. Um, Barrett's a bit more hardcore. Goes and breaks the one of a ladder in the aisle and pretty much beats the fuck out of Sandow with it. Yeah. And again, it's one of the. And I'm just going, why, why that? <laughs> there, there's so many things in this match that happen that 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 look cool, but I'm just going, why, why break a piece off the ladder? Why not just hit him with? I mean, I know you want a small bludgeoning weapon, but I don't know. That seems like a complicated way to get there. Yeah. Um, so at that point, uh, Barrett starts to climb up and both stops him. And then uh, and one bit I really love here is that um, they both climb up the ladder. Um, Swaggart pulls Barrett off the ladder and Cesaro hits him with a European uppercut. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love Cesaro's uppercuts. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I love them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, no, the best European we did was, um, you ever seen him face Sami Zayn at, at the two out of three falls at NXT? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> when, um, it looked like, um, Sami Zayn tried to do this, like, he kind of drops the guy's hand and then goes up to, to top down, but I try and does, turns it into like a two DDT. And then Sami Zayn's like 95% through the move, and he saw him to get him up and then pull him through the air, hit him with the opening uppercut. Brilliant. Oh, it's so great. I love Cesaro. <laughs> I know, I did love Cesaro so much. Um, so at this point, um, he tries to do it to Ambrose, but Ambrose might to deal with it, and then uh, kicks away Cesaro and DDT Swagger. And then Cesaro and Ambrose both climb, climb up, but Cesaro kind of applies like a weird chin lock um, on him. Uh, that is enough to at least temporarily incapacitate Ambrose and he's thrown off. Um, but Rose grabs Cesaro and then hits... Um, I think it's, a, it's like the shell shock, but he um he has some on. Yeah, it's sort of a muscle set. buster type backdrop. Thing. Yeah. Um, to use so. technical wrestling terminology, muscle buster backdrop thing. Yes, <laughs> very technical. <laughs> um, Barrett hits Rose with a kicks in the mid session, and follows him with DDT, and then he body slams mm-hmm. him onto a ladder. Yeah, there's and, a lot of shuffling bodies at this point. Yeah, and then just after. Yeah, and then just after that, to the outside, you see Swagger flapjack swan, uh, Sando onto a ladder. Um, Barrett climbs up, and then Swagger knocks him off, and then Barrett goes, okay, he's going to take a wheel now, and then responds with a bull hammer to Swagger. <laughs> I, I wish they'd give us something with the bull hammer. I feel like the bull hammer could be great, but I almost, like, remember when the Iron Sheik would load his boot? Yeah. He kicks his boot on the ground a couple times, and and even at, at, when Shawn Michaels started doing the super kick, 
the implication was he's stomping to load his boot. I wish there'd be more of that with the bull hammer, but yeah. instead it's just like, oh, my elbow pad is up, up is wrong side out. You're in trouble now. Yeah, so uh, I, it... I feel like he'd be a great it'd be a great finisher with the right commentary. That's true. Um, was it that Cassius Arnold's finisher or was it NXT? The, the elbow. Was it who's it whose finisher? I'm sorry. Uh, Cassius Ono, uh, Chris Hero. Oh gosh, was that his finisher? I don't remember. I wasn't watching a lot of uh, a lot of NXT back then. No, not really. Um, I wasn't really watching. <laughs> I think, but I remember he was. I think it's something like that. It was. It was his. Uh, it was his finisher. Yeah. Um, so at that point. Um, Barrett comes up and then he almost dropped the briefcase, but uh, Fandango stops him and then uh, he hits a sunset flip power bomb on Barrett. Um, always love that move. Mm-hmm. Um, then Fandango starts to climb up, but Ambrose stops him and he hits Dirty Deeds. Uh, but he got um, Fandango like hanging off the ladder when he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, um, and one, one of the things most much here is that um, Ambrose climbs up but he's stopped by Cesaro. And um, and after that, Ambrose puts like the ladder on his shoulders, and then starts like kind of spinning around like an airplane spin. Mm-hmm. And then he hits um, Swagger and Cesaro on the rolls of it. And Swagger and Cesaro stop that by grabbing the ladder. Uh, but Ambrose eventually manages to like what's it called, skin the cat. Yeah. And uh, stand, yeah, flips back onto the top of the ladder. Yeah. Uh, which, which sounds great on paper, but it's like. Five seconds too long. Yeah, I mean, he, he gets it. He almost gets it the first time, but he couldn't get it all the way through, and then does it again. Right. Um. So and then he tries to um try to go for the briefcase. Uh, Cesaro is trying to go. Oh, we could just tip him. So they do. Yeah. He goes flying to the outside. Uh, but and what the thing to do here is that hit back with the ladder and then throw that ladder on him. Um, for some reason. I'll yeah. have to set up the next spot. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, but the comment is going, why did you do that? You just got rid of your only way of winning this match. Um, and one thing I find interesting is that they all, uh, you don't see so much with Sando and Rose during this match. Uh, but you see Cesaro, I think it's probably just Seth Colton encouraging them, but it, uh, you get Cesaro and Schrager actually working together during this match. Right. Um, I think one of the reasons I picked Cesaro in this match, I thought those who kind of break, you know, kind of did the break of the, of the Wheel of America. Right. Um, but that doesn't happen until WrestleMania 30. <laughs> took a, and that is a lot longer than people thought. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it, it's amazing how many things we thought were going to happen but didn't happen until WrestleMania 30. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, why 2013 was such a drag. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, um, so I would guess and swap the shoulders and then goes for the briefcase. Yeah, and, and again, it's just like, why don't you just get a ladder? <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of uh, cool, but nah. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's unique, shall we say? It's it's different. I'll give him yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, um, and then Swagger uh, gets taken out by Rose with a drop kick, mm-hmm. and then he uh, body drops Swagger out the wing, and then just goes crossroads mental. Uh, yep. It <laughs> crossroads Fandango, and then uh, Bart tries to hit him in with Raceland, but he gets out of it and hits a crossroads and Bart as well. Um and then pretty much he's on fire and the crowd is really starting to cheer for Cody Rhodes at yeah. this point. He he Cody should have been a thing. Yeah. I to this day can't figure out why Cody Rhodes has not been a thing. No, he's a weird especially now what he's doing with the start. I mean I like starters to begin with, now it seems just odd. Yeah, it it well they should have they should have paid it off. There's 
again, there's so many things are gonna they should have paid off, but they yeah, didn't. That's true. Um, so Rose gets ladder and climbs up, and then Ambrose tries to stop him but fails. And then um, Seth Waller and Roman Reigns uh, run in to help and stop Rhodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, just, I assume they must have set him as justice. Uh, that's the whole thing. They go, we're seeking justice, so I assume they... <laughs> it, it, it's justice, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Um, they had a warrant. <laughs> that's true. Um, Barrett gets kicked in the head and then uh, by Roland, and then Wayne just kills from Dangle with a spear. Um, they proceed to um, start to help Ambrose climb the ladder and the comments go, well, it's not a provocation, that's fine. Um, but the Usos who face uh, Wallace and Wayne in the pre-show run in and start beating on them. Um, yep. And then you get a brawl on the outside with Usos, Wallace and Wayne, and Swaggers are all born on the outside. Um, while this is happening, Ambrose climbs the ladder. Um, mm-hmm. Rose tips the ladder and he says Ambrose crash into the ball that's happening on the outside. Right in the big dive on top of everybody's spot. Yeah, that's true. Which is a bit weird. You, you know, you get down a lot of money about ladder matches. Like, you know, you have two mm-hmm. people fighting, then one person dives at them, and no person dives at them, and then they all yeah. pile in and all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's one of my biggest complaints about these Money in the Bank matches is that, especially on this pay-per-view, so many of them are just two guys fight for a while, and then two different guys fight for a while. I, I like when things break down and it just becomes guys falling on top of other guys and things like that. So I like this dive. Yeah, it's cool. That's true. Uh, so it looks like Cody Ball is going to win it. And JBL says, probably my favorite lines ever. He goes, the son of a son of a plumber is about to win the contract. And that'd actually make me laugh. Um, so at that point, Rose starts to climb up, but Sandow, who pretty much spent the last five minutes hiding in by the, the announce table. Yep. Because <laughs> um, I thought he was injured at that point. He, he kind of briefly seen him like, go towards the announce table and thought, oh, he must be injured, so he's just staying out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he comes up, pushes Rose off the ladder, grabs the briefcase, and wins the match. And wins! And Damien Sandow, of all people, yeah, probably says, Mr. Money in the Bank. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think when at the time, because I was in the Twitter bit after this, I think um, probably the West Ham Fandango probably the one of the people probably least likely to win it. But mm-hmm. I at the time I thought it would be interesting him being the world heavyweight champion. It could be something different, and I, I was I was quite interested to see how it would go. Right. It seemed it seemed like that could be a, that could be a cool dynamic, um, and it was completely unexpected. And it threw and it threw a whole lot of uh, storylines into turmoil. And what was and it it led to the Road Scholar breakup, which for a while worked. Yeah, I mean, for, it, yeah, it, but it was just too long. <laughs> yeah, I think it a bit. I remember I think that the match was SummerSlam, and I can't remember anything else after that. But I do remember you like. Um, Pretty much Rose steals the briefcase and chucks it in the river. So yeah. let's get a new one. It's like he gets like this chocolate covered reinforced. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a mahogany briefcase or something like that, but yeah, it just looked like a big delicious Hershey briefcase. Yeah, that's true. Um well yeah, um so pretty much turns the cash in and this is oh, an the interesting cash one. In. Well yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much um it happened the day of the Survivor series. Uh, John Cena, who we talked about earlier with the WWE Championship of SummerSlam, at that he had to uh, go away injured from um, elbow injury. Um, so he pretty much everything. I'll be away for six months. Uh, yeah, two, three months later, um, 
suddenly comes back. Yeah, pretty much. If I remember correctly, um, Vicky Crow was, I think he was in charge of SmackDown at the time. And she just goes in and goes, yeah, um, you've got to face John Cena um, at SummerSlam, at Survivor Series. And this time, it was Alberto Del Rio was the world's heavyweight champion. Um, so he, so pretty much. And I had completely forgotten that Del Rio was also part of this weird mess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, don't forget, I think he's the one who, I think he won it by doing a double turn of payback earlier in the year by beating yeah. Ziggler. Uh, yeah. So, um, so pretty much he, he loses it, um, cause it's fucking John Cena. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the day after, um, John Cena does his usual segment saying how awesome is on I wasn't really listening. Um, Sandow comes in and he kind of is up to segment. And he teases that he's going to cash in that night. And he goes, no, I'm not going to do it. The crowd boo. He's off to walk away and then proceeds to completely destroy Cena with, with the briefcase. He, um, and he goes, he goes for the arm too. Yeah, it makes sense because that's the arm that's injured. Yeah, and, and the whole the whole point of the match was yeah the the match was built around Del Rio was working the arm because that's Del Rio. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then so Sandow just destroys his his arm after this yeah after this little confrontation. Yeah, pretty much. And then it ends with um, Cena has his arm on the steel on the steel steps and pretty much Sandow goes to town with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Oh, it is. And then it cashes in. So I thought, okay, oh, it's just going to be it's going to cash in. Um, side problem, after about, what, 10, 15 minutes? Because uh, yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I heard what happened, and I couldn't watch the match. I, even in, even now, I tried to watch it, and I couldn't. WWE has like, this short, five-minute version. And mm-hmm. I watched the first two minutes with him, like, fucking up Cena, and then watched the last 30 seconds with Cena winning. And pretty right. much, the end of it comes, I think, um, Cena tries to dive up the top turnbuckle, lands badly, um, and the commentary goes, oh, here's her, 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 her name. And then when Sandow tries to do a move, I think he tried to do uh, a power driver, um, and then Cena puts him on the, put him in the AA and does it and wins. And <laughs> yeah, Just like that. Yeah, and I'm just like, I think, a bit weird because at the time, a lot of people were going, oh, it's a really good match and all that stuff. But I read a very interesting article by Brandon Stroud. I always talk about Brandon Stroud in the podcast because I read his article is really good. And he pretty much said that John, his argument is that you pretty much just destroyed someone's elbow. You, and it gets super Cena, but this is beyond the, um, wrestling, yeah. you've got to have this sense of disbelief. And it did not happen here because you pretty much like destroyed this guy's elbow and he still wins. And, he was arguing because of that, John Cena is never going to lose again because it's not believable anymore. Right. It was it was one of the most un yeah I I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over it because it it was it felt like the typical Money in the Bank cash in and I don't and and in hindsight I don't know what you do with Damian Sandow winning this match is the only thing. Um, but yeah, it was the most. It was a thorough, calculated, very specific beating built uh, off of a off of the previous night. And so you think, okay, that's a great story. He capitalizes on somebody's weakness and wins. Maybe you have John Cena, you know, question himself a little bit. Maybe you have John Cena, you know, can't understand why he let this happen. Maybe you build on the idea that Cena is coming back from these injuries too early. 
you know, there are places you can go. I don't know where Damian Sandow World Heavyweight Champion comes into it, but there are places you can go with that. Instead, nope, Cena wins, and we forget about it next week on to Randy Orton. Yeah, I mean, one thing I did actually like about this cash-in, uh, well, not not him losing, obviously, but the beginning of it is that all the other, uh, except for Rob Van Dams and John Cena's one the year before, um, all the other ones, it's pretty much um, there is the guy who's got the briefcase taking advantage of an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. With this, it's David Sandow creates the opportunity by pretty oh, much. Yes, that's true. By like pretty much destroying. I know it's it's from like seeing him come back from an elbow injury and seeing him expose that all that stuff. But he goes, if he's got a bad elbow, I'll just fuck it up and I cash right. in. Uh, exactly. And still fail. <laughs> so, uh, but I think I think Vass was pissed off it happened. If Sandal still was like up a mid card, you know, I I I could have forgiven it. But it goes through this bizarre, intensely crisis thing. Yeah, where he he starts coming out as a new person every week. Yeah, uh, which eventually leads him to becoming Mrs. Stunt Double, which okay. is. Amusing for a while, but like everything else in WWE, happens for about six months too long and then has no real meaningful closure. Yeah. And now he what what the hell is he even doing now? He's doing uh, something. Uh, at the time of recording this, he is um, with Curtis Axel because. Uh, oh yeah, they're the the, the, yeah. the meta powers. Yeah, so uh, I don't even, see. I don't even really watch much anymore. So yeah, he's, right. he's doing a terrible. He's doing a terrible Randy Savage impression now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, for those who were listening years from now, uh, pretty much um, <laughs> Axel is about. This is the one where Buffy gets like beating the fuck out of beforehand. So he had this little bit where he was arguing that he, because he never got to actually take part in the Rumble, he still he he won effectively. And, right. Uh, so he's talking about and had this hashtag Axel Mania and all this stuff. And I thought he was kind of pissed on her because had a segment with him and Hulk Hogan, which Hulk just pretty much destroys. Because uh, Axel, which, you know, I think pretty much levels of Super Cena, which is more pleasant because Hogan's like over 60 at this point. Yes. Uh, and then, um, then he's still doing that. And he's pretending to be like Hulk Hogan and David Sandow. And it's, it's nice to see probably in the indies, but not in the biggest wrestling company on the planet. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really work, and yeah, and it it's a sh- and it it's kind of it kind of speaks to how far Sandow has fallen, and it was all that one match. Yeah, really, everything from Sandow, everything about Sandow going wrong hinges on that one loss to Cena, because the next month, the next pay per view, he's losing Intercontinental Title matches to Biggie Langston. Yeah, and I had forgotten that Biggie was even the Intercontinental Champion. No, I remember that. I just, I just don't remember him challenging all the titles. I just remember him go through yeah, the crisis, then you know, Damien missed out, which I did actually love to begin with, and then I could yeah. see he probably went a bit too long, and then he's going. Yeah, and it seemed to instead of like developing the character, it seemed to just gone back to what he was before he was Damien missed out. Right, and it's a shame. I mean, I. I loved Damien Sandow before uh, before the scene the match. Uh-huh. I thought he was something different. I loved. I watched little promos of when he was at um, FCW and um, promos. demand the spotlight and come out yeah. and do all this stuff. Yeah, he was. He he's he, there's something to him. 
Yeah, there really is, it, and it's it's hard to pinpoint because he's not he's he he's he's not your typical sort of guy that you would think to put in that position, but something about it works. Yeah, I'm he's got that. a very different, weird kind of charisma. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then Cena destroys it. So fuck you, yeah. Jeff, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to think that John Cena's entire run this year where he's been having long matches with guys like Neville and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens has just been the it's been like the John Cena sorry about the last five years tour. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it is weird seeing him as um United States <laughs> champion, but WWE in the Chinese minute because we've got Seth Rollins as champion, which I'm loving at the minute. And he's having like Different views of like his, his shield buddies and Wendy Orton and all that stuff. Uh, but John Cena's still there. So yep. perhaps. And I think they only do what they did with when Punk was the champion in 2012. He knows he's champion for most the whole year. I think the first six months he did not main event. I mean, John Cena had the main yep. event with John Marinitis in one of his instead of Punk. And I think, I think Punk played blind that pay per view. I can't remember. So um, it's one of those weird things that. WWE has at the minute is that they do have guys who are perhaps bigger than titles and trying mm-hmm. to find something to do with them can be a bit difficult. Yep. Yeah. yep. So that's it. That's the um, the 2013 Money Bank matches in the books. So, mm-hmm. um, Bill, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, Gem City Gent on Twitter, G-E-M-C-I-T-Y-G-E-N-T. Uh, tweet about wrestling, tweet about writing, uh, tweet about whatever's ticking me off at the moment, which is usually a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> yes, um, and for me, my podcast um, is at lowdownwrestling.wordpress.com. And my blog with my about pay per view reviews uh, is at lowdownwrestling.blogspot.com. So, um, Bill, thank you for being on the show. All right. Thank you for having me, Robert. It's a lot of fun. Yes. And join me next time for the final part of 10 years of Money in the Bank, where we talk about the Money in the Bank match last year. Um, until then, uh, take care and goodbye. Money, 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 money.